Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Ray Scott. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it's Friday, Memorial Day weekend. Wow, lots of sports to talk about it. Let's get into it. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. We are finally here to the finals. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, check us out. We're social. We're giving you our picks and predictions. Ray, you ready? It's summer. It's the official kickoff the summer, so we'll check in on some baseball, little football news. We got the NBA, but let's start off with first a huge congrats and a game seven to the Penguins, who I thought you went with the Senators, now facing the Predators. Before we get to the Stanley Cup final, give me your thoughts on another classic double overtime. Game seven from hockey. What'd you think about that victory for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Ray? You know what? The Penguins were the better team and in this game seven. And they put the pressure on and they kept pounding and pounding and pounding. So they deserved to win that game. I took Ottawa because I thought that Ottawa had a chance. And you know what? They were scrappy. Every time Pittsburgh scored, Ottawa came back. But if you step back a little bit, this has been a great hockey playoffs, and we're about to talk about basketball as well, and it's been a pretty boring NBA playoffs. So i got to give yeah. it to hockey. They delivered. They <laughs> delivered a really, really exciting uh, playoffs thus far. Hopefully the finals will be good. Nashville's a team that nobody really expects, and they're in the West. It's kind of weird. Nashville and Pittsburgh are playing. <laughs> uh, you know, i got my geography. Uh, i got my geography glasses. I'm a little blurry on that. I think it's over two decades without a Canadian champion. Did it say 24 years? Something crazy. Since the Montreal, probably. Montreal Canadiens. But uh, great for hockey, really, really. Some young stars, Connor McDavid. You know, there's some some really bright things happening in hockey. Hopefully they don't have any crazy uh, labor disputes or anything. That You know, hockey's been known to shoot themselves in the foot. But uh, barring that, I think that hockey's in a good place. They've got their solid, solid playoffs to build on. So good for them. And you know Pittsburgh. What can I say? They're they're just they're just winners. They're tough. They're champions. They're resilient. They know what they're doing. Sidney Crosby's still the best player in the game. And as long as he's healthy and those concussions don't hold him down, they're, they're tough to beat. We'll, we'll do some previews a little bit later, but they're tough to beat. Well, listen, I I think that that was you know. It was impressive. Obviously, you, you've you got the, the goalie who's been playing well. You've got um, your boy, um, besides his the kid, you got um, Mel- Mel- Melkin or Mickey. Yeah, getting Malkin, and, yeah. You know, he's he's been tough, especially with um, assisting. You know, he's got like 24 points. He's doing his thing. So I'm excited about it. So we'll come back to this preview real quick. NFL, Ray. A lot of drama in Seattle. 
and I think it all still stems from them not healing from the interception in the Super Bowl. Because if you realize this team with four years in a row being the best-ranked defense, I think maybe behind closed doors, you know, all these articles being written and off-season, off Sherman wanting to be traded, them entertaining it. But I think, you know, him yelling at, at the Bevel and Carroll on the sideline when they went for it in that game week 12 or whatever it was, it almost feels like it's coming to the end of an era and you hope that they can salvage it for one more great year. Uh, Sherman's got this year and one more year left on the contract, so they don't want to just lose him, but they don't want to give him another deal at 31. Do you feel as if, because it seems like the division is that it's all about them favoring and not, you know, sort of chastising Russell Wilson. And do you think that at some point this defense that's kind of carried him, even though he's played well, he's not Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, or Manning, he's sort of like, you know, the top of the second tier maybe. You know, he's not Big Ben either. Do you think that they're going to shoot themselves in the foot by not sort of being balanced in terms of Carroll and Snyder and Bevel in terms of how they manage this competitive locker room with all these alpha males? What do you think about all this controversy that's taking place in Seattle? And are they going to and should they bring in Kaepernick and sign him? They brought him in, but should they sign him or Austin Davis to be their backup? They have enough alpha males, like you say, in the locker room that they could deal with Colin Kaepernick. So I think it's actually a good idea. On a talent level, he adds talent to the team. And from an explosiveness standpoint, he can definitely add something. Russell Wilson gets hurt, not often, but often enough that you, you do need a viable backup. But more than that, the Seattle team, if they don't, if they have to break up the band, right, it'll be a shame because they're probably the best team in football over the last three or four years, not named the New England Patriots, right? So in the NFC, they were consistently dominant. Not just good, but dominant. Certainly on the defensive side of the ball. And you hate to see that these egos, like Marshawn Lynch, explain that to me. He retires, and then he comes back and plays for the Raiders. Now, granted, he's from Oakland. That seems odd to me, right? If you made your hay in Seattle, and that was your squad, and you won a Super Bowl, and I still say a Super Bowl and a half, (laughs) with that team – why are you now going to play for the Raiders? So something's wrong there. Felt, but I don't think he felt welcome. And also – Well, that's what I, I'm saying. Something's wrong. Something's amiss in Seattle. Like, it, it seems like it's falling apart a little bit, on, you know, around the edges. Well, and they're saying part of it is because he lets them have this independence, but at the same time, people say he's a defensive coach, so he's tougher on the defense, which normally happens, but then he's not saying things to an underproductive offense. With, led by Russell Wilson, and he's got the big contract, the big, you know, celebrity wife, this and that. Maybe there's jealousy. I don't know. I'll say this. I'm glad they didn't trade Sherman. You can't replace him. Bad enough they're trying to replace the second quarter, and they're going with Shed and Lane left, and Lane came back. And, you know, they're trying to figure that out. They drafted uh, another safety, two corners. 
They need to keep Chancellor, get Earl Thomas back healthy. I think this defense has still got, obviously, with Bennett, Wagner, and Averill, another great season ahead of them. Let's look over with this signing. The Bears picked up Victor Cruz. Now, you know I've been very critical of the Bears and Rams not adding wide receiver talent. Is Victor going to be able to help the Bears? Is it a positive or eh, no big deal? I think it's eh, no big deal. I mean, he will help a team that's got talent. But if you expect too much of Victor Cruz, this is not Victor Cruz, the salsa man of four years ago, right? So if they had Alshon Jeffrey and they had some stud-wide receivers and Victor Cruz... still got White. We haven't seen anything from White yet. We haven't seen anything from White. So that's exactly right. And that, I think, is is, is 100% the point. If White, the number eight pick in the draft a couple years ago, ends up being what they thought he would be, Dennis Green style, then maybe Victor Cruz can help because in the slot, if he can still do some things, that will help. But if White plays essentially like a rookie because, you know, he hasn't had that much time on the field, I think you can put too much on Victor Cruz's narrow shoulders at this point in his career with those wheels being a little, uh, you know, less than 100%. So I think right now he's just, it's just an okay signing. Take yeah. I don't, I don't mind it, but I don't, I don't expect much from it right now. Definitely. So before we leave the NFL, one little, you know, note, they made some rule changes while we were away. Do you like the overtime to 10 minutes? Is it just sort of like doing something just because they met with each other? And do you like the fact that they're going to loosen up on the no fun league and let people celebrate? You can even dunk it over the goalpost again, the Jimmy Graham rule. Give me your thoughts on both of those. So, I like the no fun league, reversing that. Look, football deals with a lot of injuries. So, they're trying to do things on the kickoff. They're trying to shorten the games a little bit. So, you're telling me less football. Obviously, I like more football, right? But I think that's fine for overtime. Uh, During the regular season, you know, playing a – what does that be? Like another 15 minutes of football, a 75-minute game, that's a long time. People will get injured. So I'm okay with both rules. Right. I think it's minor, though. I don't think – if you're really thinking about player safety, then you wouldn't have Thursday night football. You wouldn't – you know, maybe you, you don't even, you know, even shorten over time to five minutes or just one possession each. You know what I mean? Like, you could really be more aggressive if you're really concerned about safety. Knocking off five minutes, so many games barely get to that point, you know, right. ten minutes it's in the It's kind of like the intentional walk in baseball. It helps, but it helps, but it really is not that big a deal because it's probably, if you look at it statistically, how many games actually in overtime go from 10 to 15 minutes. Like, one a, one a year? That's the perfect segue. We'll take a little snapshot of the division leaders. It's Memorial Day. Basically, most of the teams, I mean, you look at the Yankees at 27 and 17. Basically, everybody's played about 44, 45 games. So we're, you know, we're at that sort of quarter checkpoint. Um, AL East, you got the Yankees at first. I'm going to go through it, and I want you to tell me who has the best chance to maintain that position Minnesota Twins they're in first place they got a, a little little lead you know a little lead over um 
the Cleveland Indians with 26. Two games, yeah. Yeah, you got the Astros dominating the AL West. Looks like they're going to run away with it. Um, one of the best records in baseball. They got 32. And the National League, of course, you've got the Washington Nationals, the Braves, and then our Mets. We'll talk about them in a minute. Really struggling. The Cubs have just recently gotten hot, climbed back in the first place barely. I think we won't question them anymore. 25 and 21. We'll see. You know, the only way they'll make the playoffs is winning the division. And then maybe the best division in baseball, Ray, the NL West, the Rockies, barely in first over the Diamondbacks and Dodgers. Let's start here. Is the NL West where we get three playoff teams and which one of those three will pull ahead at the end of the day? So most definitely, if you read the tea leaves right now, the three NL West leaders will make the playoffs. I mean, they're just that much better than everybody else. I think the Cubs are going to run away with their division. I can't see anybody, even the Milwaukee Brewers were a little over 500. I think they'll, they'll regress back to you know a 500 team. And I just don't like anybody in the NL East. So, so I think it's all about the NL West this year. So now the question is who wins? And I, I'm going to go a little, boring and say that the Dodgers eventually pull this out. I just like their uh, pitching down the stretch. They have young offensive talent. If they can stabilize the middle of their lineup, I think they'll be fine. Colorado is playing out of their mind. Great to watch. Yeah. Not only are they winning at home. I mean, they're not even winning that great at home. They're winning on the road. And that's, that's the part. Most teams, I mean, most teams are under 500 on the road, and they're 18 and 8 on the road. So this is not a Coors Field phenomenon. Not like, at all. oh, they're hitting, they're hitting the, you know, the skin off the ball. I mean, these guys are playing well. So yeah. I think they'll be there in the end. But I don't. I think Arizona will, will will pull back to third. Sorry about that, all you Diamondbacks fans out there. But I still think they make the wild card, though. Yeah, probably, just because the NL is so weak. Yeah, but listen, hey, I think that is a a huge surprise. And really, it gets to talk about the disappointment of the Giants and the Mets. And, Ray, I got to say, um, which we both had as wild card, Giants and Mets, I, I am so blown away about this Mets performance. And they're talking about bringing up some kids whenever they can after the June, you know, contract point. I forgot what that cutoff date is, but – at 19 and 26, the pitching's a mess, the health is a mess, their attitude is a mess. And I told you a couple of weeks ago, I think Terry Collins has been on a year, two, or three too long, and I think they're going to wind up firing him and they're going to get a new manager. And I think it's going to be for the good, but they also need to make a trade. And I don't know if you're, you're trading Harvey or Mats or somebody, but they got to shake it up and get some more offensive help, right? They really do. You know, they've needed offensive help for 10 years. They brought in Cespedes and really hoped that a couple other people would would deliver, and they really haven't. They've got an unbelievable pitching staff, and talk about wasted, like Seattle in football. This is really one of the disappointments of the last 10 years because – if you're a GM, you give me this pitching staff, and you got to think I'm competing for a decade. They've got 
four, five, six legitimate one or two starters. Right? Steven Matz on another team is 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 legit. Yeah. So I'm really disappointed in the Mets, but but look at how they handled the Noah Syndergaard injury, the Matt Harvey situation. These guys, I don't want to say they don't have a grip on the team. They're asleep at the wheel, though, for being fair. But yeah, so it leaves a lot to be desired. It leaves a lot to be desired if you're if you're. Don't the, text yeah. while you're driving, Ray. <laughs> uh-huh. So listen, let's let's finish it up and get to this NBA preview. We both think the Astros will hold on. Is it? Is it just cute that Minnesota's in first and we both you, – you got to believe Cleveland's going to pass them, right? Yes, for sure. Definitely. Now, the AL East, Ray, you know I told you about the Bronx, the baby bombers. You did. I had them coming in fourth. Look, I didn't, I didn't expect all of the young players to hit. You know what I mean? Judge. It's, it's impressive. Picks. Yeah. And I will say terribly. this. The Red Sox are coming. They're getting, they're, you know, they're heating up. They're getting better, just like the, the Cubs. They've been coming. So the Yankees are still up in the four games in the loss column. I'll say when it's said and done, Boston is still probably going to win. But I think the Yankees will be the first wild card. And you might get Baltimore in there, too. So it might be the AL East against the NL West as, like, you know, three teams entering the playoffs, which would be fascinating. And then there's Mike Trout, who's on an MVP pace who will never get anything because his angels suck, but he's already got them, you know, at 500. So props to him. You know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. This I mean, guy. And if, what he if he doesn't win, it's a shame because we're watching the, and I don't want to overstate it, but. He's, he's the best of he, this era. I mean, he he is what put steroids aside and whatever you want about. But 20 years ago, we had Barry Bonds and King Griffey, and 45, 50 years ago, we had Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle, and it's no exaggeration to put Mike Trout on a talent level up with them. Now he's really only a let's say a third of the way through his career. So from an accomplishment standpoint, you can't really compare. But from a talent and from an all-around baseball player, you know, this guy's incredible. And we're watching a really, really incredible baseball player. So short of injury, you know, this guy's going to go down as one of the best baseball players of all time. This guy's that good. And we just want to – I just want to see him win, you know. I want to see a scenario where this guy can can – be a, but it might a, it might be on the on the next team. Well, he, here's the other problem, right? He signed a ten year, three hundred million dollar contract. So, you know, who's going to take him? I, I mean, I guess I would, but back even the back end of that deal is worth it. Five years, hundred fifty million. I'll take him. But you got to write a big check. Is, I guess is what I'm saying. No, definitely, and you and you hate to hear or see such great players get wasted. Speaking of great players, Ray, it's time. We still got next week. Now time for NBA Talk. Now look, we got the holidays coming and we might return, you know, next Friday. So it's time for us to preview 
what we all knew nine months ago, what Ray and Tate predicted. And I think when it, it went down at the preview show, if I remember, I had the Warriors beating the Cavs in seven, and I believe you had the Warriors beating the Cavs in six. Is that correct? Yes. Is that what we had on the books? So we're finally here. LeBron was potentially sick for that game three, 11, six, and six. And Boston was valiant and fought hard, but it was embarrassing the three games at home. We'll talk about Boston and Spurs and maybe what they can do uh, to, you know, get back to the same point and maybe advance next year. But when we're talking about, obviously, Kerr won't be there, Brown and, 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 um, and, and Lou, and we're talking about LeBron Durant and Curry and Kyrie and J.R. and Thompson and Draymond and Tristan Thompson. To me, the odds makers say they're favored ridiculously. People thinking four or five. Vegas has got them, you know, Durant's odds to win the MVP seven to five. I forgot Curry's second and LeBron's third at two to one. Is this the sort of rubber match, the third, you know, they're both what, 24 and one coming into this. Is this going to be a final that lives up to this hype? If it is a sweep, or can it only live up to the hype, Ray, and the greatness if we could get six or seven games? Because we've all knew this was coming, and we all wanted it. But, but what does it mean to the winners, and what does it mean to the hype? So my gut says that the finals is actually going to be a dud, and Ooh. Golden State's going to win in five. And I predicted Ooh. six before the season, but right. Golden State is just too good. They have one weakness, which is their – interior size, but they do a good enough job. And if Zaza can stay healthy, uh, they do a good enough job of masking that. And frankly, Cleveland's not a team to take advantage of it. So JaVale McGee gives them just enough, you know, sort of length and shot blocking at the rim. And between Pachulia and Green and the other guys defend on the perimeter. So they don't, they put a little, little less stress on, on the interior. I just, can't see Cleveland beating them four times. Are you concerned about Clay though? He's a little cold, but then on the other side, McGee is played out of his mind, the best in his career, and is actually giving them um, a great matchup and potential matchup problems um, for the Cavaliers. I mean, he's not always really blocking shots. Maybe that's more Zaza, but offensively, the way he's catching the oops, he's like a junior. DeAndre Jordan, right? Right, because those post guys can definitely benefit from all the attention that the the guards get on the high pick and roll. And Curry and Thompson, even Draymond, are really good at creating traffic up at the you know at the elbow or at the high you know in the high post, and then weaving through traffic, and then just putting it up there anywhere near the basket, and JaVale McGee's going to go get it. 100% think that Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, they need to play physical. They need to bang. I just don't see – Golden State just comes at you and comes at you and comes at you offensively. 
And then on the other side of the court, we still haven't given them a given them. Oh, they're the best defensive team in the NBA, right? And that's, yeah. that's what I people mean, don't talk about. San Antonio during the regular season. Yeah. But but this Golden State team, man, I, I, they're really really good. And look, let let's be honest. Let's see if they win. But if they win, and if Draymond Green doesn't do his foolishness, uh, you know, we could be talking about back to back to back champions. That, that that's how good they are. Um, well, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this though to you, and let me know what you think. I feel that this is the series. Well, it was nice to see Deron Williams and Kyle. You know, Kyle Corver's got to get going, but against Boston, Deron Williams. You know, Darren Williams. He he kind of gave you a little flash, and I think you're gonna need him in this series. But there's gonna be an opportunity where I truly believe the Cavaliers for the Warriors' length. Especially if McGee's in there, there's going to be opportunities where they're going to have to rely on Shannon Fry or Derek Williams to play and maybe even have LeBron play in the backcourt where they need that bigger lineup and have Kyrie LeBron with Derek Williams, Love, and Thompson. What do you think about that? Because you're dealing with Green, McGee, and Durant. I think you're right. And I think more than that. Ty Lue's going to have to become the mad scientist. Yeah. He's going to have to try everything and anything. Because if they play your A game against our A game, meaning not your A game, but, but your, you know, your base package, as we call it in football, right? You play your base, I play my base, <laughs> you might get swept. I really think so. Uh, you know, yeah. Think, wait, wait, but Ray, Ray, wait, wait. You're talking they about won't, they won't. I, I still think I still think you know Cleveland wins a game or two, but but I do think that Tyron Lue has to get very creative. And you thought last year he had to earn his money, uh, this year he has to earn his money. And this is this is just a team that that comes at you all day and twice on Tuesday. So both teams are exactly the same. They're going to have a week a week. To wait for these playoffs to start. Unlike hockey that start on Monday, the games don't start till Thursday, so it's a full week. So, I, so no teams that are at more of a disadvantage. But I just think that Golden State's a well-oiled machine, and Cleveland has to try everything and anything. Well, listen, I, I want to stay with my Warriors pick in seven. It's hard from what we've both seen with our own eyes, and although. Listen, the Spurs were game, and if game one, you know, if Kawhi didn't go down, I think they would have won game one, but all that would have done is had the Warriors win in five, if I'm being honest. I think LeBron is still on a mission. I think he's playing that role last night, almost stressful to think about them, and I think you saw, I don't want to say he lost game three on purpose, but I think LeBron knows that this team needed some, you know, adversity to, to just get them ready for Golden State, to get their attention. And I think they're going to be game. And I think this is a defining moment, not for Curry and Durant, although I think it is for them because there's no reason for them to lose. And if they do, it's time to really come down on Durant and even Curry as they want to pull on the you know, coattails of greatness, then they have to be criticized the way LeBron, Jordan, Barkley, other greats have been. But I think if LeBron wins this, not only is he number two best player of all time, which you could already say he is, right? He just passed Jordan all time in scoring. 
He's, you know, going four and four in the finals would be different from three and five. But these two teams, Ray, there's no four, wait, reason. Four and four with seven straight Eastern Oh, Conference seven straight is, listen, I mean, fans don't even know how to respect and appreciate this. It's ridiculous. But I'm going to say I'm going to stick my Warriors in seven. But I wouldn't be shocked if Cleveland pulled it off again and won in game seven. So I'll be rooting what? for that. I'll be rooting for it. I, I'm, I'm sticking with my Warriors. I'm sticking with the Warriors in seven because of, of what I've seen all year. But I'm just telling you, don't sleep on LaBreezy and what he could do. Let's, let's end the show, though, with the Stanley Cup, Ray, because I'll say this. It's going to be great. And I want to surprise you because, honestly, I think the way the goalie's playing for the Predators, the way my man P.K. Subban's been playing, the way that uh, Johansson's been playing, I think the Nashville Predators will break the Penguins' hearts from getting the repeat. And the Predators, Nashville, uh, Taylor Lewan, the catfish on the ice, are going to win the Stanley Cup final in six games, Ray. I'm going with the Predators. I doubted them all season, all playoffs. I doubt them no more. Nashville will win in six. <laughs> okay, I like that. I really do. But he, he, here's my problem. I've been going against these Pittsburgh Penguins all playoffs, whether it's in the early rounds, whether it's the Washington, whether it's the, the – I picked Ottawa. But the problem is that it's almost like a Golden State Warriors scenario not against Cleveland, obviously, because Cleveland has LeBron and Kyrie, but the Pittsburgh Penguins have the two best players on the ice in Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. And they have experience, and they have Murray's been playing well in goalie, in goal. Yeah. Uh, obviously, not, not, as, yeah, not as well as, uh, as a Predators goalie. But, you know, Phil Kessel played well in the last game. He's he's definitely uh, you know an asset on that on the defense. So I, I just look at the roster and I think that the the Penguins roster is a little bit better. Plus, but don't you think they're a little beat up? And Nashville's got their speed and their tempo and, and Subban and the boys defensively. This they could I think they could steal Game One after what Pittsburgh's been through in these last couple series. You might be right, but Pittsburgh knows how to play from behind and deal with adversity. And remember the last time Pittsburgh repeated, oh, a young Ray was in Pittsburgh. That's and right. And he was doing some back-to-back damage in the early The Mario 90s. Lemieux. Yep, Yarmir Yager, Tommy Barrasso, and Goalie. So, I, I just like Pittsburgh. I think they're, they're, they're hard to beat. And I've been going against them, and I just have to learn my lesson. So, I'm, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in six. Pittsburgh in six for Ray. Tay's got Predators in six. Ray and Tay both have the Warriors. Tay is sticking to his seven, and Ray has knocked it down to five. One, two, three, four, five. Five games. Five, wow, Ray. Yep. Okay. So, listen, it's going to be a great Memorial Day weekend. We will come back next Friday after game one. And analyze that. We're also going to start talking NBA draft, which is coming up, potential free agents, 
We're going to dig into the NBA. We got to break down the Celtics and Spurs and what they need to do. You got the rumors of Chris Paul maybe going to the Spurs. Will the Celtics trade Isaiah? A lot of stuff. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Oh, I got to send out a shout out. My boy, William Troop Taylor, turned eight years old yesterday, Ray. Oh, man. Shout out. So, you know, he he was, uh, you know, he was missing the show. So he he definitely, you know, I got to get on the show. So I told him we're going to get him on. We didn't get them on after the championship. So uh, the final four. So we'll have to get him on. But, Ray, I'm excited. Memorial Day barbecue, baseball. Stanley Cup begins Memorial Day night. So watch that on NBC and then Thursday. And Friday, we'll be back to sum up game one and talk some more. So have a great sports weekend. Be safe out there. And, um, hey, we got to remember all the veterans. Thank you. And, um, you know, keep it safe. Yeah, you know, take a minute to- Take a minute out from your barbecue and your shopping or whatever you do. This is Memorial Day, right? This is for people that pass in service to the country. So just think about that for a minute. Nah, we got to appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. So it should be fun. And, you know, it's the official, unofficial start of summer. Nobody wants to wait to June 21st. It's here now, especially on the West Coast. It's hot. <laughs> so get into the pool and enjoy it. Have a great weekend. Oh.